welcome back. How was everyone's summer? Uh, is uh, is spring break over yet? No, I'm kidding. It's me, the real John Baker. And it's uh, the podcast that's been on hiatus since May, since my last guest, Trish Bull, was, uh, was on. Since then, Trish, by the way, has got a new puppy named Levi, and she's doing great. Um, I hope everyone had a good summer. I hope everyone is healthy and safe and, and COVID-free and looking forward to getting back to virtual school or, um, you know, in-person school, whatever. Let's just hope that this whole nuttiness ends soon and that come November 4th, friends in America, or November 3rd, I should say, don't, don't vote November 4th. It'll be too late. November 3rd. Vote this buffoon out. Um... <clears throat> but I di- <clears throat> but I digress. <clears throat> now I'm better. Okay. Um, but I digress. Why are we back now? Well, I just got back from vacation, but prior to me going away to Delaware for a week, um, I interviewed um, one of the contestants, and uh, I believe he was eliminated in the second to last episode of MasterChef USA. A, uh, a young chef by the name of Micah Yarrow, and um, and you'll have to listen to the interview because a lot of what happened on MasterChef to him in, uh, in his final episode is discussed and cleared up, but um, I, I was able to ask a whole bunch of questions I have about, um, about cooking shows, about reality programming, and... Um, and about what it was like to be a contestant on that show and the whole process, how he went through it, how he got to the show, uh, how things are created for drama on the show, and just who the hell gets to eat all the leftover food. So, without uh, keeping you in suspense (laughs) for too much longer, I want to give you my interview I did uh, in the middle of August with Micah Yarrow uh, over Zoom. It's my new way now. I'm Zooming. Because the quality is better, and uh, and I just want to, I want y'all to enjoy it. So here it is, uh, the chat I had a couple weeks ago with Micah Yarrow from uh, Master Chef season ten. Enjoy it. All right. Um, oh, I can't get over how uh, how thrilled I am to have you on this. This is so exciting for me. Yeah, man, it's no big deal. I'm actually like trying to start my own podcast, as a matter of fact. So I think that. Anytime somebody specifically hits me up to do a podcast, it's nice to be able to build a network of other people who produce and promote podcasts because, you know, you got to have people within that type of community, you understand? I, I agree completely, and I have a feeling you'll have a bigger following right out of the gate than I do, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been blessed to have some fans who go crazy over whatever I do, so... It's it's strange sentence saying I have fans, but yeah. Let me let me ask you a question. I just you were very young when you were on uh, MasterChef, correct? Yeah, when we started filming, I was actually eighteen. I turned nineteen on set. Wow! So I I was I was very young. That's unbelievable, and you're like. I mean, there's so much I want to talk to you about, about your, your journey on MasterChef. And I mean, I was rooting for you from the, from the beginning when my son and I were, were watching, you were like, that's our guy. And, uh, and we were heartbroken uh, when you, when you left, 
but how did that whole journey begin? Um, I kind of knew that I needed to, if I wanted to do it, I needed to do it before I got my physical culinary degree. Um, I was able to get some culinary schooling in high school and it was just, I didn't have a physical degree because once you have a degree, then you're considered a quote unquote professional chef, which is funny because now working in the restaurant industry, a degree doesn't mean crap, but, um, you know, that's what the show goes by. So I had to take care of that. I was like, well, I'm young. I have nothing else to do. I kind of like auditioned on a whim because I was working at a hospital at the time and they were promoting it. So I did it just kind of, at first just to like do it, you know, go to Chicago. I was living in Indiana at the time, just kind of have a nice little break. And then I made it round after round of eliminations. And I was like, huh. Guess I'm in it now. Yeah, and I was and like then, not. Ex- I was. I was not expecting to like even make it past the first round of food. I mean, I I know I like my food, but I didn't really. I'm very hard on myself. I'm very uh-huh. critical. And like, granted, I had my culinary teacher like try my dish before I like brought it over, and she loved it. But regardless, there's always going to be that like that nagging suspicion, you know? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But then when, when all was said and done and you got, you got chosen, they flew, they fly you out. I'm guessing you're in Los Angeles. Yeah, we were, we were in LA for about two months. Oh, so that's how long the whole season takes to, to shoot. Yeah. I mean, they flew, they flew about a hundred of us out to Los Angeles. Okay. Um, Multiple rounds of cuts were made before people even got on TV, let alone before people got aprons. Wow. So, and they finally, they whittle it down to, there's what, 22 of you or around? There was 19 aprons giving out and then one of the judges each saved a person and then we fought for the last apron. Okay. And you had like, I mean, we've talked about your story and, and it was so dramatic when you, and again, if you don't want to talk about this, Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, I would love to because there's some things that I've been meaning to clear up about this that I would love the internet to know. Oh, Um, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it was very hard for me to go through that experience um, while I was filming it. Um, But afterwards, uh, once I got back in touch with my family, I found out what happened. Um, And my mom and dad were given about four or five days notice um, before they had to be in L.A. My okay. mom works as a full-time um, in, the, in the nutrition industry. So she is you, the, in a type of job where you have to have to put in two weeks notice to get time off. Okay. okay. And my father is um, recovered. Well, has no immune system, but is recovering from a terminal illness. So it's, it's not like he can fly either. Right. Now, that would have made it all worse had my friends been told they weren't allowed to come. So it was really the point of the fact that they really wanted to portray the storyline of me having no family. And will I be, albeit yes, that does make great television. Sure. It's just not accurate because I know I had friends who reach out to me that were upset that they were um, actually told they couldn't come at first. Cause at first they were, they asked me for names. I gave them names and numbers and apparently they reached out to them and changed their minds because it was not quote unquote immediate family. Okay. Okay. And the drama, I guess, wouldn't was better for us to pursue. Yeah, at the end of the day, MasterChef is a television show, and they want good TV. Right. Right. And 
um, did you get along with, with the other contestants during the whole thing? For the most part, yeah. While we filmed, yeah. it was nice because, you know, no one had any technology or uh, really access to the internet. So we were just forced to, you know, interact with each other and study and build actual relationships with these people. And I'm fr and I still stay in touch with a few of the cast members um, from my season. Okay. And so when you say study, because this has always been a, a question of mine, you know, they say, okay, we need you to make a, a you know, a black forest cake. And I, I just like, do you know these I mean, there are some right things, away? yeah, there's some things I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about sure, uh, sure. via my non-disclosure agreement, but I can say this for sure that I know um, that there are like, there are times where like when we're, when I'm, what, specifically what I was talking about is when we were at our hotel, when we weren't filming. Right. And right. of course, you know, we're not filming every single day, you know, so there's time we had downtime. And, okay. you know, we weren't always able to leave the hotel. So it just came down to, you know, reading cookbooks and coming up with recipes and ideas. Or, oh, you know, okay. writing, so, down, writing down components of things, you know, quick yeah. pickles or other things that it'd be useful to have in the back of your head for when you get into a challenge. Sure. And you, you were in a, quite a few um, pressure tests, right? Yeah, I well made it frustrating for like the first couple is like, this wasn't even my fault. <laughs> yeah, because we were in teams, right? Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I, my first win was not, I think I won with Nick at the Austria Mozza Challenge. I think that was my first win. And then my second win was the race when I was a captain. Yeah. But yeah, the first two were boy not fun <laughs> is there um is there interaction when the cameras aren't rolling between the contestants and the hosts um they actually have to keep that pretty limited um well while we're on set yes like you know we get there you know at waiting to start filming and the judges would interact with us but um we didn't really ever get to talk to them until mm -hmm. later on because of the restrictions that are placed on the show to prevent favoritism um, because it is heavily regulated because they are giving away a, a, a large sum of money and yeah. the government wants to make sure that everyone plays fair. That's understandable. Um, and one of the things that, um, and you probably get asked these questions all the time, but like when you're given 60 minutes, is it an actual 60 minutes or are we getting, you know, 90 minutes um, and 60 minutes or whatever? No, there's definitely, there were challenges where we had um, some time to prepare because um, obviously camera crews in Los Angeles are unionized and they have to take an hour long break. So there were some times where we would be able to take that break where we weren't able to film, you know, and come up with stuff for a challenge. But there were times where we only had 15 minutes to come up with something. Um, oh, okay. We're also, the rules are fully explained to us and they document that we all understand the rules to each and every individual challenge um, to prevent any legal snafus later on down the line. Yeah. So it's definitely, now for the actual cooking time is 60 minutes, but okay. it takes, obviously there's a lot of breaks, you know, 
Uh, all the food that the judges eat is cold because by the time it gets up to them, you know, they've done all the beauty shots and, you know, there's just like a lot that goes into making that show. So it takes more time. They, you know, so, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. All right. I was just going to say, it, it, they take the time to make sure that everything looks good. So, you know, they really don't follow by like, a strict time schedule. I felt like they just like, made sure they got it done night good you know there were some days we were there late you know some days we were there early it just okay. depended on what needed to get done and this one again with all cooking shows like i watch chopped and i'll watch uh you know the grocer games whatever and master chef of course when you make ice cream for a dessert like actually i always think that person yeah, go ahead, okay? Please. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if for ice creams for desserts, that, that was like kind of like a strict no-no. Um, oh, If, if okay. you notice on our season, nobody made one. Oh, okay. There was not a single, because like it was part of the rules. They were like, you are not allowed to make ice cream. Okay. Is it's it just like, because of... Because yeah. of time. Like literally, it's, yeah. there would be days where like, by the time we stopped cooking to the time the judges ate, it was almost 50 minutes, you know? Right. And then, okay. and then that means 50 minutes till we start filming again. And then the judges got to make their way down the contestants. So if you're at the very end and you've got a puddle of cream, the judges are going to be like, you wasted your time. <laughs> exactly. And okay. It's just better. It's just, I asked one of the culinary producers this, they're like, it's just easier for us if y'all don't do it. Right. Because right. then, you know, any... now we have to freeze it while, you know, everyone else is doing things and it's just more work for everybody. There's a lot that goes into there's a massive culinary production team um, who helps set up that kitchen, equip, clean, maintain, train us. Uh, they work very hard to make sure that everything like runs smoothly during our filmed uh, challenges. Right. And it is chaotic to say the least. I do not envy their jobs. Well, I always assume that there's always water boiled. Is that yeah, they, they have um, electronic tea kettles already plugged in. So okay. you just like grow, grab a, a boiling thing of, full of boiling water and just use that. Okay. Like and fryers. If we needed a fryer, the fryer would already be on our station and on, you know. Okay. See, this is all, this is all stuff I've, you know, I've just been dying to know for 10 seasons. So this is And I don't, I don't think that what I'm giving you is anything like trade secrets either. This is like stuff that all cooking shows do because right. it's like there's literally because of how popular cooking shows have become there is now big become a whole field of people of like chefs who have moved into that industry and now they work hard to make sure that everything looks as realistic as possible right right does um does the crew eat well Mm, I plead the Fifth Amendment. We're, I, um, I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, I did not eat great. I'm gonna be honest. And from what oh, I no. saw, the crew only ate a little bit better than we did. But um, like, so because this always confuses me. Like, you'll make a beautiful cake, like a three tier cake or whatever. They have three slices of it. What happens to the rest of it? Uh, it goes to the producers. And the, oh, and okay. like, the like the executive producers all try it, and then the, they like pass it down through the ranks so like even you know the people who sit behind the cameras in our interviews you know they're like oh i tried your cake it was great and i was like thanks i didn't cool 
that literally happened during the the grill challenge i like made two extra steaks and i came back from like holding and they were gone right. and i was like y'all some mm. <laughs> they're like who's so good man i was like man if you don't stop talking to me I ate my out well and you know we're not allowed to eat each other's food either that was very strict that was a very strict oh, okay. you don't eat other contestants food so you be, I be, you only really tasted your food but the actual like meals provided in most hollywood sets are stereotypically pretty bad it's because okay. you know that's not seen as an important part of budget so yeah. they tried to save money and use um smaller local shops is what i'll say um who okay. don't provide as quality food because it's cheaper and yeah. that's not a, so that's not even so much master chef that's like I've heard from other people on other who've been on other television shows, reality TV shows, you know, that situation is almost always categorically how it is in Hollywood, at least in LA. So are you, do you, like you said, you, you've talked to other people from other reality shows. Are you kind of like in this group now that you'll always be associated with that nope. uh, aspect of, no. Okay. Nope. Uh -uh. No. I, I routinely say this and it ruffles feathers amongst my cast members. Um, I am not a content creator. I am not an influencer. I did not come <laughs> on this show to be on famous. I did not come to be here on social media. Came here to be a chef. I work yeah. as a professional in the culinary industry um, 40 hours a week. I am yeah. in a kitchen every day. So, so where, where are you working now? Let's talk about that. Um, I'm working, I'm back in Grand Rapids, um, okay. setting myself up a little bit financially. Um, okay. But going back to what you were talking about with the whole social media like, like cool kids thing i'm very much my own person and i feel like a lot of people specifically amongst my cast like try to put on a front that's very appe appealing to the masses because they want you know some of my castmates have a hundred thousand followers that's right. great but i also you know I don't think making fast food recipes on my Instagram is worthy of my time, you know? Right. So I, albeit yes, that is a payout and I make, would be making money on social media. I would rather be making my money in a kitchen like a real chef, but that's just how I feel about it. Well, I guess you, you, you want to be true to yourself, right? Absolutely. And I want to be true to the people who have worked hard to, influence me in my career you know specifically off screen i've had a lot of chef like mentors um even after filming now more so who have been like yeah you know when i work when i was working in michelin starred restaurants in chicago um i had several sous chefs be like even though you're young you still you know you have that that motivation and that drive that gets you far in this industry you know that's that's what like being a chef is about is having that drive and i don't think that when you're just like, oh, I'm a, I'm a famous TV, even a TV chef, you know? Some, right. some of these people I see have cooking shows, I'm like, okay, what did you, what did you do to get this show? Who are you? Right, <laughs> right. Wait. Right, and then there's people who you've, who, who were, like, I mean, I, I think about Gordon Ramsay, for instance, like, that's a guy, and again, I might be speaking out of turn because I don't know the man, uh, but he's built uh, an empire, really. Hmm. I mean, the man, one, was incredibly smart because I've realized over the years, especially after getting to meet uh, Gordon and, like, see how he, he works, 
Gordon is a true chef first and foremost, and the man has uh-huh. 17 Michelin stars for a reason. Right. You know, those did not come by chance. And the man truly perfected his craft before he came anywhere near <coughs> America, one, or two, television. But mm-hmm. I think what he realized is that Americans were easily entertained by the angry, Scot- angry Scottishman sure. thing that he does. Sure. And I mean, that's what really made him famous, you know? Yeah. Is, is you know, the idiot sandwich, the where's the lamb sauce, you know, all of those great memeable things that we love about Ramsey. I think that he realized with just personal personality traits for him because he's not like even off off screen the man is as equally as profane and always cracking jokes you know it's not like just a front for television i think he just realized that people like him and literally they they, did people will watch whatever gordon ramsay's on they're like he's in a moldy diner bathroom yeah turn that on (laughs) you know what i mean it doesn't really matter what gordon ramsay does he's gonna make money at this point right and then i mean i don't know if you want to talk about each of them individually but um i've i always liked uh aaron or aaron how does he pronounce it it's it's aaron Aaron. Aaron, he he was always very tough but that's because aaron takes great pride in his work like like a true chef should you know Mm -hmm. and there were other times you know i remember like the macaron challenge where I was just like Mm -hmm. embarrassed that I like one messed up in front of them, the judges, but then like two, we had a guest there and like Aron was just very much like, I want to see the best from you guys and to have a guest here and six of you in the bottom is just like disappointing. He gives you like, you know, big uncle at the bar, at the barbecue who lets you hit the blunt, you know, when you're underage, (laughs) he's like, he's, he's that cool. He's that cool type of like mentor that you want to have. Who is also okay. not afraid to light a fire under you? Because that man definitely in team challenges was a motivator. Okay, okay. And then my least favorite for for all the seasons has always been Joe. That's just I me. think that's how he wants it. Oh, okay, interesting. Joe, Joe thrive. Joe literally thrives on hate. Really? <laughs> Joe just like <laughs> drinks it in. I feel like, and it's like, yes, I can feel my pores like closing up i can feel my wrinkles lessening he just like breathes it in and loves it um he's a very actually a down-to-earth person um you know he longboards around new york and plays you know acoustic guitar he's he's a hipster in in truth but you know on the show he plays that you know that tough somalia because that's who he is you know he has a very refined palate and he's a great restaurateur so he brings that People are like, well, Joe is being really hard on home cooks, but Joe wants to turn home cooks into professional cooks. And the only way you do that is by being hard on them. And so, I mean, there was one time I was ready to, I was ready to lose my whole mind on Joe and like everyone saw what happened and it was a big, it was a big to do. I'm not going to get into it because it it never made television, but um, neither to say he said some very, um, unfiltered comments to me that almost got bad so i just had to realize that after the next day when i brought it up to him he said the only reason that he was hard on me is because he sees potential and has to push people and he says the only way that that's how he's going to get people to move in the direction that they need to move is with a push and i was like all right you know it's not uh it's not ever joe's never moved out of you know well i'm not going to say never because there's some times where i think joe is just like you really served this. You really thought that you you were really there. Like there were a couple times on my season where people brought stuff up, and Joe was like, "Wow, 
so you like you really thought you did this huh you really thought you got an a <laughs> like i that he that's what i think makes him more mad is the overconfidence and the cockiness that comes um for instance evan on my season I could just see the look of hatred in Joe's eye every time Evan spoke. And it was because he walked like he was the greatest cook in the room, but really when it came down to it, only put up what he put up. So, you know, when Joe and them bring critiques to you and you ignore them and you're like, nah, I got this. He's like praying. Like I see, I like see it in his eyes. Like, Oh my God, I hope this tastes terrible. So I can just, rip into him you know and that's really when the judges get mean is when people think too highly of themselves and won't take criticism and then the judges just put you in your place very quickly right well well you see it because one week you know you're you're on the top and you're getting immunity and then the next week you're fighting for your for your life well yeah it doesn't matter it's it's week by week and the judges are legally not allowed to the only time they're allowed to consider other episodes when deciding on who stays and who goes is the finale. Every okay, single episode until then, the judges are always are like, we're just talking about today for today's challenge. In this specific instance, you know, with these people in the positions they're in. So. Oh, cause I, okay. Because I was always under the impression or I would, I would sit there and say like, well, he did so well last week. Right. It's Come not on. like the judges are like, well, Micah has three wins under his belt. So, you know, right. he gets to stay. I mean, right. you know, look at Jamie. You know, Jamie never had was in the bottom a single time until the night he went home. Um, it's funny. I have a, a website pulled up in front of me. So every time you mentioned somebody's name, I, uh, he was the fisherman from uh, South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, does okay. great relief work um, after, after Hurricane Dorian. Okay. Um, not referring to our master chef winner, but the actual hurricane that happened. Um, <laughs> I just thought that was very funny when I saw that she went down, and they all. She, she, um, Jamie did a big, massive relief um, project for feeding people who were displaced by that hurricane. So he's really great people. Um, okay. We got along so very that, well. That's someone you're still obviously in touch with. Negative. Uh, oh, no. after, okay. Afterwards, this was during filming. Afterwards, you know, it's very interesting once people get cell phones in their hands again, they right. all of a sudden become a lot more brave. But, you know, oh. that's not important. Well, you're kind of, a, you're, I mean, the, the tweets I've read of yours, you're, you're a little outspoken. Has that... <laughs> um, I'm myself, yeah. I like, my Twitter bio used to say, if you don't want to hear my thoughts, keep swiping. <laughs> I, I'm very unfiltered. I'm not gonna, you know, especially because I believe in like full freedom of speech. And if you want to say what you got to say, then say it. Right, right. Um, how's your life been since? Like your your social life, your 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 career, like all of that. How how did that kind of change? Obviously, changed. But how it it took off pretty quickly. Um, the summer after we filmed, I opened up, helped open, I shouldn't say I opened, I helped open a bakery um, in the capital okay. of Missouri um, called High Rise Bakery, still open to this day. Um, I helped write some of their menu and set up their line and stuff. I wasn't like a sous chef or anything. I was just helping them make sure it didn't, you know, cave in after I left. Okay. okay. Um, 
then I was able to move around, work at some smaller places to earn some money. And then I ended up moving to Chicago um, in October of last year um, to start working at Band of Bohemia, which is a Michelin-starred gastro pub in Ravenswood, a very nice area of Chicago. Um, And I was working there up until we were shut down um, at the pandemic, for the pandemic. Um, And now Band of Bohemia is probably not going to be opening its doors again. So I had to make some decisions. And back in July, I moved back to Grand Rapids, Michigan um, with some friends. um, And I made sure that I was the whole purpose of me moving to Michigan is to make some money. Um, and save up. I will be moving back to Chicago probably um, in a year. I just need to be able to not pay Chicago prices so that I can save up a little more. Is that that like your dream city to live in? Uh, Definitely not. I do not want to. I only want to work here for probably about five years. Um, You know, and then I would love to start my own thing. But Chicago is is probably one of my favorite cities for sure. I just like it a lot for for a variety of reasons. But the restaurant industry here is absolutely amazing. Um, Some of the best restaurants arguably in the country are here. And the chefs and the community that's here, I mean, almost like some like 45% of the city's workers are in the restaurant industry. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, if you've been to Chicago, you know there's a restaurant in every yeah. part of the city, on every block. Do you have a uh, like a guilty indulgence for a food? Um, you know, I love all food for a variety of reasons, and it just depends on it. But um, I really love um this. Vietnamese bakery that makes these like coconut buns. It's like a sweet roll filled with this like coconut buttercream. Okay. And I know that they are can't be healthy, but <laughs> regardless, they hit on a different level. Really? Is there something you're afraid of to make? Like you just no, that's too complicated for me. You, it's you not it's not a matter of complicated it's a matter matter of irritation uh, okay. <laughs> and macarons are really freaking irritating um i don't like them i never have and then we did the challenge and i was like no i definitely don't like them so <laughs> they're way too complex for just a really sugary bite and i'm like okay it's cute it has two flavors but this is like my heart's gonna stop and they're expensive, I always find. Whenever I go out it's, and I see It's them, because they're incredibly labor-intensive. Okay. And yeah, you only had the, 60 minutes to make them. I don't want to talk about it. I was... I was, I was like, y'all know. They were like, look at all these fabulous macarons. I was like, yeah, that took a team of 30 of you guys two days to make, so stop playing with me. <laughs> Will you... Um... Do you think you'd be invited back once this gets going again? Because they always have past con- contestants on. I think I made it too far for them to bring me back. Um, okay. I made top 10, and that's usually when you start to see a little bit of, you know, how the show works. Okay. Um, 
and it would be considered an unfair advantage, I'm pretty sure. Now, I'm, there has been whisperings of a, of a MasterChef All-Stars, and I have not been reached out to by anyone in production. But if they did, I mean, it'd be interesting because, you know, I've been working in restaurants now, so I'm not, the, I'm not the cook I was, you know, right. when we filmed in 2019. Was it? Uh, yeah, it was 2019. Uh, yeah, it was 2019. One of the episodes I really did like um, was when they had, and I'm going to get his last name wrong, um, Grant, is it Achach? Achach. 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 Like a that, that episode to me, I mean, just his whole aesthetic was, was really interesting. How did that, how did you like doing that show? Meeting Grant Achach was like, probably the highlight of the show for me um beyond gordon because grant ackett's runs the only three michelin star restaurant in the country um alinea and it's like i think it was i know it's not the only one anymore i think it has the longest it's held a three stars for the longest amount of time like they got their third they they got three stars in 2007 um and Grant Atkins has truly like changed the way that molecular gastronomy is done, the way fine Michelin dining is done. You know, people compare to Alinea, you know, as their standard because of the level of service, the level of quality of food, the amount of time and work that goes into each like component on the dish. Grant really thinks about every single detail on a plate and then thinks about what else is happening around you to make sure that it's not just what's happening on the plate, but it's literally a theatric choreographed produced night. Right. Right. Have you been to his restaurant or was your only meeting uh, the, the episode? I have, I have um, visited some Alinea group restaurants and worked in them, but no, I have not eaten. Okay. Eaten. 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 Yeah. Um, are your friends intimidated when you, well, hold on, I gotta shut my phone off here. Um, are your friends intimidated when they invite you for dinner? Because I've just been marinating some short ribs today that I'm going to barbecue. And I was thinking if I had you over, I'd be scared. I actually had a cookout last night with my boyfriend and we okay. had a bunch of people over and we cooked a lot of food and I didn't really have to do anything, thankfully. But like, okay. I tell people all the time, like, what's the point of having a friend who works in a kitchen if they can't give you like cooking tips and be helpful? You know, I'm not going to sit there and just like criticize home cooks like, wow, this is burnt, oversalted this. I mean, if you give me something that's bad, I'm not going to tell you it's good, you know. Right. But right. I'm more along the lines of I want to help my friends become better cooks. And everything that we made last night was great. So. What did you serve? Oh, chicken thighs, chicken wings. Um, we did some spring rolls with um, marinated steak inside, Damn. and then uh, what else did we make some tofu skewers, but that was for somebody else. We grilled uh, bok choy with this miso vinaigrette that I made. Damn, it was it was pretty good. I love Asian flavors for sure, so. Okay. Is that, so Asian flavors are one of your favorite things to, uh, to cook. Oh, are there any other it, cultures? It's like mostly I love like the West Indies and like the islands okay. and like Central America too. I, I'll loop that in there as well. Like that, that, 
that little region is like some of the most interesting food because they use acid and like spice in ways that nobody really else does specifically acid you know um you know you look at things like ceviche and salsa verde where like there's high amounts of acid but it's for a purpose i find it fascinating um and i love asian cuisine because they use salt in such a wide variety you know miso and soy and you know there's like twelve thousand kinds of salt that come from japan it's crazy wow did not know that yeah it's from varieties of seaweed is there um like a a chef who you kind of followed and admired growing up like like i said you're young like when the show started 10 years ago you were like in grade school yeah, I was I was nine or ten. Um, yeah. There chefs that I paid attention to growing up. Um, Morimoto was very inspirational because my mom had a Morimoto cookbook um, from when okay. she stayed in Japan, um, and I I always loved like his recipes. Um, Jacques Pepin was you know I grew up on PBS, oh, okay. um, but then as I started learning about you know real chefs, um, Thomas Keller was very inspirational to me. Um, Bill Kim is somebody I know in real life um, now who has like helped me figure out the type of chef I want to be. Um, and all of the chefs that I've worked with in Chicago are really awesome because they all are so deeply invested within the chef community here that, you know, they don't care that you're young. They just want to make sure that, you know, you got what it takes. I want to ask you one more question. You said you had, um, you had some friends over last night, you and your boyfriend. If I'm correct on your Twitter, is this a new relationship? Um, yeah, new-ish. Um, okay. I've how's, known how's it going? Um, my boyfriend for since the beginning of the year. And thankfully, he moved back to Chicago um, this summer. So okay. I was. it was nice to be able to kind of get somebody in your corner who, like, genuinely supports you and you can, I can do anything with Kenzie and have a good time. So it's like, it's, it's very refreshing to have people in my corner who like fully and unbiased, like support me and want what's best for me. Well, you know, I don't know you, but I want what's best for you because you were entertaining on uh, the show. You were kind enough to answer my uh, harassing tweets. (laughs) I appreciate that. And um, I, I really, I respected you as a, as a person from what I saw and even more now that I've been talking to you and I wish you all the success, sir. All right, my friend, you have a great day. It's uh, I'm, I'm really lucky because I reach out to these people on, on Twitter mostly. Um, and by and large, everybody who I've, I've reached out to has agreed to an interview um, and they've all just been super fantastic. I did get one uh, decline. And I'm cool with it, but you know maybe if I keep pestering, she'll she'll agree to to do the interview. Uh, but that was Micah, and there was so much there that I was happy to find out about. The producers get to eat the cakes. I always wondered who got to eat the cakes. Anyway, I hope he launches his podcast. And like I said at the very outset, he is going to have you know many many more listeners than I will right away because you know he's dynamic. And young. Um, 
but I hope you enjoyed it. And I'm going to get back to work and see if I can rustle up another interview. And uh, I hope everybody stays safe and stays well. And again, it's The Real John Baker. The podcast is Too Lazy to Write. And um, and you can find me on Twitter at The Real John Baker or on Facebook where we're already friends, uh, hopefully. Or just search me out. And thank you for listening. I want to thank again Micah for that. Uh, go out and get the new uh, Waterboys album that was just released on the 21st of August, which was my brother David's birthday. Uh, it is called Good Luck Seeker, and uh, it's a great CD. So you can do that. That's my suggestion. And stay safe, like I said. Um, go back to school and have fun. Go, whatever you're doing, just you know, do it carefully. Wear a mask. Um, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. Too lazy to write. We're 